Good afternoon, everybody. Uneducated Economist here. In this video, I'm going to talk about the dramatic slowdown taking place within the retail side of things. For those of you who don't know, I work at a hardware store, a lumber yard. I do retail sales for a living. We also do contractor service. And so I really do have a good insight into seeing what is taking place within the retail market, especially considering that we're pretty much the only hardware store in our area. If you have a slowdown on people coming into the hardware store, then you know that there is a slowdown in a lot of projects that are happening out there in general. So now what I am seeing happening here is that the phone calls are slowing down, the walk-in traffic is slowing down, and it's the type of questions and comments that are coming from the customers themselves that really lead me to believe that we are definitely heading into a dramatic slowdown, especially considering that the Federal Reserve is going to keep interest rates elevated for a significant amount of time. It's the perception that they are not that is going to really hit people hard. And this is where it's important to understand because as I see people slow down, like just literally the walk-in traffic coming into the store and the phone calls coming in, right? When this slows down dramatically, it is because of the perception of the people. Like you think about it, I live in an area, it's a fairly old community, right? I mean, that story is like 200 years old. The homes here are very old. They're in a constant state of repair. They need it constantly. Like even during the pandemic when everybody was like pulling past projects and future projects up so and having them, you know, working on those projects during the pandemic when they were locked down and, you know, got the stimulus checks and stuff, that still does not stop the constant need for building materials to do the repairs that would take place here in our local area. Again, like this is a very unique area for it. But it is very telling for what I see taking place within the retail side of things. Because even if this slows down, what it is telling me is that the people are looking to hold on to cash. This is what it says. Right? This is what it's telling me. And now when you think about it, this makes a lot of sense. Because when you are in a position in which that you feel that the interest rates are going to be moving up into the future, you would be more inclined to want to spend the money today or take out the loans today at a lower interest rate if you think that interest rates are going to be moving into the future. Right? But now if you have the opposite perception of that, right? now you're looking out there and you're thinking, okay, interest rates have peaked out. We have the possibility of lower interest rates coming into the future. Would it make sense to buy something today on credit? Or would it be better to wait and see if I can get a better interest rate going into the future? Now, this has two schools of thought to it because a lot of people would look at it from, say, the real estate side of things, right? And they would say, no, you would want to purchase a house today thinking that you would be able to refinance it for a lesser interest rate going into the future. So this is what a lot of times people would think about that. But then again, also a lot of people had the idea that if interest rates were to move up, that the house prices would come down. It's true. The house prices have come down. And in a lot of areas, it's come down significantly, right? But has it come down so much so that it actually brings the buyers back into the market? No, it really hasn't done that yet. And if the idea that interest rates are going to be going down into the future, that actually may spark people to go into buying homes instead of waiting, right? So this is where the two schools of thought come into it, right? The idea that you'd be able to refinance into the future or for like the retail side of things, like maybe purchasing a car or, you know, going on vacation or something like that. 
it may make more sense to postpone that purchase and wait to see if you can get a better interest rate going into the future. So now this is where really where I feel that most of the economy is probably going to end up going is this idea that they are going to postpone their purchases with the idea that the Fed is going to be lowering interest rates going into the future and that they could be able, that they would be able to make those purchases with a lesser interest rate if they were to postpone it for now. And then on top of that, if this idea is to manifest itself and that people are like, oh man, I'm concerned. I don't want to spend money. That is the self-fulfilling prophecy that would be needed in order to actually have that recession that would cause the Federal Reserve to then want to lower interest rates to try and bring that stimulative action to the economy again. So this is like, this is how I believe the Federal Reserve has established their credible threats is by this exact thing right here is that people have no clue of what it is that is going to take place into the future or what the cause and effects from a lot of the rising of interest rates is going to do to the economy. I mean, there was a time when people would say that the interest rates on treasuries will never rise, not even a single percentage point, because the government would immediately or the government would immediately go bankrupt. Well, here we are. All right. And people tell me, again, they say, like, how is it that the government is going to be able to borrow into the future when you got, you know, the interest payment more than, you know, tax receipts or something of that nature? I mean, they, they're, all these statements constantly come up and they ask, how are they going to do this? How are they going to do this? I don't know. But I know that if we could come up with the possibilities of what it is that is going to take place into the future, like, how is it that the government's going to be able to afford this? I'm sure that the central banks out there have thought about that as well. And now this is really where it comes into the tricky play because a lot of times we think that the Federal Reserve is going to act and behave in ways that is similar to the past. Okay? We think about like them going for a 2% target. Even today I was reading you know, articles talking about how they achieved their 2% target that they would have no need to have elevated interest rates, but nobody talks about average inflation rate over time. Right? Even the Federal Reserve says 2% inflation over time, right? but they never ever explain average or how average is going to be determined. Right? This is completely like arbitrary to the Federal Reserve. So this is how they do it. This is like, this is the credible threat. If people are under the impression that whatever it is that the Federal Reserve does will then make the be the determination for what it is that they plan on doing going into the future, that's the credible threat. Right? And with people believing that the interest rates have peaked out and that there's a possibility of them going lower into the future, they are going to behave in a way that actually creates the, rece the recessionary you know, event due to the fact that they are going to pull back on a lot of their purchases that they are making. And I'm experiencing that right now within the retail side, right? I mean, I see it just about every single day. And you know, like, you know, a lot of this has a lot to do with the bullwhip effect, right? And I know I talk about the bullwhip effect in just about every video that I do, but it, it makes a lot of sense when you truly understand, like, what was taking place prior, during, and after the pandemic in which that the amount of like push into manufacturing during the pandemic in order to fill a complete false demand that didn't really exist out there 
has created a situation now in which that there is an oversupply hitting the markets. And I think like if you follow pork, I think pork is probably one of the better ones to follow because it is so like dramatic what has taken place right now. I mean, here in the United States, they're shutting down like what Smithfield is like shutting down something like 30, 40 uh, pig farms, like major pig farms. Go look at some of the, and I'll leave a, I'll go find an article for that. But even more so, take a look at what's taking place in China right now. See, a few years ago, China was, was sitting in a position in which that they needed pork big time right they had this huge swine flu breakout thing every you know all the hogs got you know got cold out there was no pork available in china and they built these huge pork producing factories like these massive pork factories where they raise these hogs for for the food food supply and now they're way oversupplied in pork pork prices are absolutely crashing there is a deflationary event taking place in china unlike anything that Anybody would ever have anticipated while the inflation was running so hot. Right? I mean, this is taking place right now. So as a lot of times when we think about like, you know, this hyperinflation scenario that was going to just cause massive, you know, problems for everybody across the entire planet. When we think about it now and you have deflationary scenarios hitting China because of the massive amounts of pork that they had produced. I mean, is this really a political event that's happening here? Is this, you know, is this the economic event that has just taken place over the last couple of years? Or is this something that has been built up for a very long time over the course of many, 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 many years? Right? See, that's really what's happening here. It's easier to understand it if you, if you take it back in time and look at some of the things. Like when you produce the biggest pork, you know, if you build the biggest pork producing factory in the world, don't you think you're probably going to end up with a bit of a supply of it and maybe even an oversupply if you put a lot of investment into it during a time when there is none available? This is the bullwhip effect taking place. And you're going to find it in all kinds of parts of the economy, not just in retail sales or lumber, right? Or pork. You're going to find it in a lot of stuff out there. Right? And it's not going to all happen at the same time. I think that's really important to, to remember as well is that, you know, with lumber, it, took place you know years ago like the last year lumber has pretty much been a very boring commodity that really hasn't fluctuated a whole lot in price right look at gas look at oil look at a lot of the stuff that everybody said was just going to be like five hundred dollars a barrel i heard some people talking that you know i mean i had no belief that any of that stuff in fact during all the hyperinflation scenario stuff i said you know you're probably at some point going to see the dollar stronger than you had ever seen it and i still believe that to be the case like at some point in the future, you will see the dollar stronger than any time you have ever seen it, which is weird to believe. Now, I don't think it's going to be a straight road there. Like, you know, I mean, there's probably going to be plenty of times between now and that moment in which that there's going to be evidence of dollar destruction and that their dollar is trash and nobody should be in it and get out of, get out of, you know, get out of cash. But that's not the, that's not the case today. Like you go and you look at a lot of these rich elitists out there, they are loading up on cash. They are getting ready for that sale because when a recession kicks in, everything goes on sale. Yeah. Uneducated economist, you guys let me know.